0: hey traders david frost my strategic forecast you're here for another episode of common sense market analysis today is wednesday october 14 2020 we're looking at a daily chart of the spy or spider which is the proxy for the s p 500 we have stuff on the docket today we've got a bout of shenanigans on our hands so there's a lot of stuff going on in the market they can go either way We're going to take a look at a variety of different charts. We're going to derive what is the best possible scenario going forward. What we'll say at the onset is they're setting up for a bigger than a bread box move. We've seen this before. When shenanigans enters the picture, there's something bigger at play that's going to happen sooner than later whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Friday, whether it's Monday of next week. We'll find out soon enough, but there's something bigger than a bread box coming. They're doing the shenanigans things. What am I talking about? Well, take a look at the line, the horizontal line running across the screen. It's at 346.89. The gap based on the daily chart is at 346.85. 89 comes in on another chart. Either way, it's within pennies. That's not the point. The point is this, they came up short of the gap today. Here's a better picture of it. We're looking at an hourly chart. So if I move this over, what you'll see here all day long, here's a low in the first candle that dropped close to the gap, making a low of 347.14. Later on in the session, they make a low of 347.20. Before that, they made a low of 347.21. So what you see happening here is a couple of things. A, they're coming up short of the gap. That's telling us something. We'll come back to that in a moment. The second thing that's going on is they're making one of these bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of things. And how we know that is... You have the move downward, which is the flagpole. And now, coming up short of the gap, they start to run sideways, making a wedge-ish, flag-ish type of pattern. So what that's telling us is a couple of things. A, they love to run a test of the high of these breakdown candles. They started to make a run for it this afternoon. They ran out of time. But interestingly enough, where does the high of this candle come in? 350-23. It's not an accident or a coincidence that the high of this breakdown candle comes right around the neighborhood of a big, fat, round number. The big, fat, round number, essentially, once they gave up the ghost, the big, fat, round number was essentially the breakdown point. So it makes sense that the top of the breakdown candle is the same number. Here's the other thing that's going on. So the gap is slightly underneath the low of today. 346.89, 85, somewhere in that neighborhood. The fact that they came up close today, came up short, traded away from it, that tells us that the gap is not the same as it once was or would have been. Therefore, what we can expect is that the market can go lower than the gap. There's another gap down below. There's a series of gaps down below. By the way, under normal garden variety conditions, If the market was trading up, and I'm talking about Thursday morning, if the market was trading up into that breakdown candle high area, 350.23, would that represent overhead resistance? And the answer is, yes, it would. However, what happens if the market is gapping above that? Well, this will lead us to the next conversation, but what would happen is, the same energy that will normally be released by this flag pattern, this bearish wedgish flag pattern, is we have a move downward, which is the flagpole. Now we go sideways for a while. The ensuing or continuation move takes us in this case down around the vicinity of the 50 period moving average, 345 and a half, give or take. Somewhere in that neighborhood, if synergy has any. Say in the matter. But what happens if you flip that around? If in fact they're gapping over the breakdown candle high, the same energy will then be released in the other direction. What happens? You're already challenging the old highs from the other day. That's what would be the result of gapping over the breakdown candle high. Now they're not going to do all that in one bite, but that would be the ultimate goal if in fact you gapped up on Thursday morning. Now, there's a method to the madness, so let's take a look at another chart, and let's look at this from another perspective. Here's a 240-minute chart, and what you see here is a gap up, so that was the opposite that we just discussed. You have a break-up candle, and it really extends from the gap that we've been discussing. That was the close of the previous week. Monday of this week, they gapped up. That is essentially the entire flagpole. Now, Getting below the low of Monday is one thing that's bearish in and of itself. Getting below the gap is bearish 2x. So now, if we have the same conversation about the energy being released in the other direction, think about it like this. This is the opposite mirror image conversation of what we just had. If, in fact, this pattern was supposed to send price higher yet again, let's say to challenge the old highs, but it fails, the same energy is going to be released in the downward direction, where does that take price? In that case, I'll contend we could be having a 242 to 241, maybe even 240 and a half conversation. Let's settle on a gap at 340.72. I may have said 240 a moment ago, it's 340.72. Could be slightly below that, could be slightly above that, That's a gap. Makes sense to me. It measures out based on what I've calculated. Now, let's qualify this for a second. I'm not saying the market's going there on Thursday. What I'm saying is that the energy that's to be released if the market continues down below the gap that wasn't filled today. Let's say they gap below it tomorrow. They're headed to another destination. It could be a gap just underneath it. That's for sure. And it could extend a little bit farther down to the 340.72, give or take, zone. Right now, we're putting this in the awareness camp. So here's what we have. Bulls take control above 350.23. Outside of that, bears are in control regardless of where the market is in the morning. Let's say they open up right where they closed them today. Same routine. They're just continuing the bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of pattern. Gabiche? Now, back to the hourly chart, I want to re-qualify the 340.72. There's a lot of stuff in between. The market doesn't necessarily go in a straight line, and I'm not saying this is a day away. I'm saying this can happen. We have to be aware of it. There are other reasons why the market may want to pay a visit down to that zone. What about inside the numbers? Let's take a look at the commentary today. See if it was right, wrong, or indifferent. Right out of the chute, it's a wake-up-flat kind of day. They tried to rally him a couple of times overnight. They couldn't really get much past the same pivot that we were using yesterday. They were hanging around the big, fat, round number, and there it is, 350. Remember, 350 or 350.23 is a very important spot coming in for tomorrow. Are they hanging around as a continued test or building energy to go lower? We know the answer now, but that's what was said around 7 a.m. in the morning. Remember yesterday's video. We talked about two scenarios. We talked about the northern scenario. We talked about the breakdown candle high. We talked about the southern case, which was the gap. We're at the southern case. It was option number two. Three-quarters of the battle is trying to figure out what the market's trying to do. Once you've zeroed in and you've figured out that the most likely scenario is They're trying to go lower. They're trying to fill the gap. That's what they're doing. Now, you don't know exactly when it's going to happen. You don't know exactly how it's going to happen. But if you know that it's likely to happen, then you can trade for it. You can sell some rips, meaning sell a rally. You can sell resistance because you're expecting the market to go lower. If the flip side is the case and you're expecting the market to go to, for example, the breakdown candle high, then you would buy dips on the way up. You would try and buy When the market pulls back or tries to shake traders out, figuring that they're going to make another push higher headed for the breakdown candle high, if that was the most likely scenario. So once you zero in on what you think they're doing, then you could attempt to trade it accordingly. That's the way this works. Moving right along. Early thoughts. Yesterday's low, 349. You'll remember that from yesterday. That will be important to hold if the bulls are going to prevent price from slipping down toward the gap at 346.89. There it is. Early thoughts. Long before the market opens. Bright and early. This is on our mind. This is how you show up in uniform, ready to go. Then we had the other scenario. The same general area from yesterday will provide overhead resistance. 351.75. Take note. This is before the market opens. Strap in. You know the routine. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 351.75 is the top horizontal line you see on the screen. Guess what? High of day happens to be 351.93. The market never looked back. That was our pivot yesterday. That was our pivot once again. Moving right along. Quiet open, not much going on. Bank of America was one of the stocks on the move. Showtime for Bank of America. They did the minimum required deal. They gave a base hit. We'll get back to that stuff later. 943, 351.75 is the pivot. You know it before the open. You know it after the open. You know it from last night's video. You come pre-prepared. Just in case we have another area of resistance on the board. Didn't need it. And here you go, they're finding it difficult to get through. Eating some time off the clock in a chop shop formation will take care of that. Below the low of day, and that's a different story, like 350 again, at al, meaning and other stuff, or lower. There's your base hit in Bank of America, moving right along. 351.75 is still the pivot, a little gentle reminder. Now they're coming back down, 351.10, give or take, should provide some support. We know what happened after that. They did collapse lower. But this is the tour guide stuff along the way. So what you can do is pause the video, read the notes, check it out for yourself. See if it's right, see if it's wrong, see if I'm bonkers. Here's bonkers for you, 10-12. If they get below 3.51, the spot around 3.50.75 should be met with buyers and a bounce. Now check this out. Regardless of whether they get a bounce... They're still going to get to 350 later on. I'm saying 350.75 should be a bounce. It should be support. Now, here's a five-minute chart. We're just talking bounce. We're talking scalp trade. We're talking here's where they went to. They made a high of 351.24. This is in that zone when all that happened. So they did provide a bounce, and they did go lower. And you also know it's important. Why? Because when they did go lower, where did they rally right back up to before they failed for the last time? They rallied right back up to the same zone, 350.75, give or take. So we know that area was important. It provided the bounce. Then when it gave way, it was in fact resistance. What happened then? That's it, the waterfall decline. Let's move it along. Now we know the rest. So what I'll do is scroll up. You can pause the video, go ahead and read the notes. the big picture is still bullish above yesterday's lows. So we're still aware they're either going to run a test of the breakdown candle high up north, or fill the gap down south. This is the tour guide stuff. You need to be reminded during the day exactly really what's going on. Below 3.49, and they flip. The bulls turn bears, and they head for the gap, which is exactly what happened. Yada, yada, yada. Unless the bulls recapture the pivot, no dice. Translation, the pressure is to the south side until they recapture 351.75. By 11.58, keeping with the schematic, the door is open for the gap. They started to break lower, and that opens the door for the gap. Now, already, long before they get there, we know the routine. They spike it. They come up short. You never know which one first. They came up short. This happens over and over and over again. That's why we discuss it over and over and over again. By 12.25, they're basically home. They did most of the deal. Traders that were short the market, you have to take profit in front of the gap for that very reason. Let's move it along. Once they start trading away from the gap, the gap no longer becomes of interest for a long trade because they already gave us the bounce, the minimum bounce away from the gap. Let's move it along. Here you go. As they move away from the gap, They move farther away before coming back to hit the gap either Thursday or Friday. Sometimes they do that. They make it look real good. They make it look like they're going to be bullish. They get the bulls to hop on board. Johnny come lately's and then they get a pie in the face. As far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't trust the gap right now as far as I can throw it. As we go out into the end of the day, you can read the notes for yourself. There's some good information here. Not only do you get a tour guide, but you get continuing education just like these videos. These videos support the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. That's the foundation of how the market works. These videos are like continuing education and then inside the numbers is like going to grad school with a job, earning money while you learn. Getting paid to learn moving right along there you go into the end of the day let's go down and check out stocks on the move we had two of four hit their numbers today they were two of the bank stocks bank of america and wells fargo bank of america a couple of base hits 24 21 they gave a base hit they went down to the second level they gave a base hit they floundered into the end of the day no great shakes they gave a base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. We never know which ones are going to take us on the rocket ride. Remember, this is just the beginning, the early stages, infancy of this earnings season. It's going to get fast and furious. How about Wells Fargo? This is an example of a shit burger. This is an example of a trade that just simply didn't work. They thought about stopping at the first number. They gave it up. They thought about stopping at the second number. They traded there most of the afternoon, and then they gave it up into the end of the day. It just didn't work. The numbers were wrong. That's just the business of trading. Some of them don't work. We move on. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Interesting candle today. They finished near the lows. There's a gap that's staring market in the face. They were far away from home base. We talked about that. What a markets like to do? They like to or they don't like to get too far away from home base. So what they like to do is come back toward home base or go sideways and eat time off the clock, letting home base creep up to price or a combination of both. So in a sense, that's really what's going on here. They're still in an uptrend. The IWM had a nice, big, fat, bullish run. It's not uncommon for there to be a pullback. Now watch this. So here's a little lesson in chart stuff 101. We do this kind of stuff all the time, but this is really fun when it happens. So here's a high. So we know this spot is important right here, and we know that because the market traded up to it, and then it was rejected away from it. So there's a like spot here. That's where the market made a lower high, and then it kind of collapsed all things on a relative basis. So, we could say that those two prices or that general area split the difference somewhere in there. That's important. It also happens to be what? A breakout area. Of course it is. We'll take the high or near the high of the lower high and we'll say that the market really broke out from this area on the way back up. So, let's take a look at another chart. We'll leave the line up and we go down to an hourly chart. Let's just see what shows up. We like gaps. So we have a gap up here. That could be support, but that's close by. It's definitely a target. Whether it will be an ultimate target or not, we don't know. But there's another one down here that seems a little more juicy. It's a little farther away, but let's see what else we have. Let's just look a little bit deeper. We look at a 120 minute chart and all of a sudden, right in that general zone, we have a 50 period moving average creeping up into that price area. It's interesting. Now I'm not saying they're coming down here tomorrow. We're just using this as a lesson. We're learning from what to use on the charts. When you take a number on a chart or a zone or an area on the chart and you look farther, you look at other charts. What else does that general price area represent? When you see that it represents multiple things on different charts, it all points to the same thing, we start to get that full stack thing going. You should experiment with doing that, pick out important prices based on how they're taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and then you look around the horn. You see what the other charts are telling you, you see what makes sense, and all of a sudden, when everything points to the same thing, and I'm not saying Always will everything point to the same thing, but when two, three, four different things all point to the same thing, the same reason, the same excuse for price to be there, however you want to look at it, it starts to make sense. Hence the common sense market analysis thing or part of what we're doing here. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So here's a divergence for you. This is a puzzle piece. It's on the table before we even talk about it. Just to see that the transports were up 100 points today or almost 1%, IWM was down. IWM was down 8 tenths of 1% more than the SPY. So my favorite market-leading indicator was down. And my second favorite market-leading indicator was up. But this is also my A number one canary in the coal mine. We have no choice but to put this as a puzzle piece on the table, do we? We must be the umpire. We have to call balls and strikes. Check your bias at the door. We take each chart, each market, independent of one another, and we take each one at face value. Transports are in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until what? Until it's not. On the flip side, we go out to Silicon Valley and we see that that was on par with everything else. Down. Maybe the transports are a one-day wonder. It's an awareness. It's a puzzle piece on the table either way. There's a juicy gap down below in the queues. This is too obvious, but here it is. 285.71. That's a gap that will obviously be filled. Will it be filled sooner than later? If the queues fill it tomorrow or into Friday, that's about seven or eight points down from where it closed today. That's pretty much where the media's hair will start to get caught on fire. And there will be reason on top of reason why the market's down. Maybe it's stimulus related. Maybe it's election related. Maybe it's something else related. It doesn't really matter What item the media pulls out to pin on the market movement, what difference does it make? All we really need to know are the numbers. Right back down is the XLF. 20 cents, not all that much, but coming into the 50-period moving average once again. Now, it visited the 50-period moving average and got over it not too long ago. Coming back to pay a visit is normal. If it doesn't hold, that's slightly trouble for the XLF, but there's a safety net with a convergence of two more moving averages right down below. And by the way, the area right around, let's say, 2420, 2415 that's an interesting area for the XLF. You should see under normal garden variety market conditions if it's reached, let's say within the next couple of days, that should be a bounce spot. There should be buyers that show up around that zone. Let's see if we still have a handle on the XLF. What about Smashmouth? Down a buck, half a 1%. Look where it is on the chart. On one hand, it's very high on the chart. It's bullish. It's in an uptrend, all that stuff. On the other hand, under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to pull back. They're going to run sideways. Home base is going to catch up to price one way or the other. But technically, there's nothing wrong with the SMH. It's bullish and 183 to 183 and a half should absolutely be support. Why? Let's see if you can figure it out. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.